is a victory for the okay. equinox. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the universe. And I think oh. it's tr- extremely exciting too that we got the southern hemisphere during the equinox. Yeah, with um, that, so we got to learn uh, and we got to apply the rules of Hellenistic astrology, which is the Mediterranean astrological system based on the tropical zodiac as seen from the northern hemisphere. But we stuck to the rules. And the rules still worked even in the Southern Hemisphere when the when the seasons are flipped. And I think that's magical. Well, as you guys heard, that was Carly explaining why oh, they were able to get the right chart um, working with our first Southern Hemisphere chart. Um, maybe you guys can speak a little bit to what was it about what Kirsty was saying that led you to this chart? And then you can give her a little bit more um, depth from her chart and uh, something that she can find useful in life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, this ended up being a really tough one for me. I went in feeling like these charts are so different from each other. (laughs) But um, just from like a very high level, just kind of the way that you were describing your mother, the other chart had like an Aries moon, which can be a mother who is some of the key words you use are like very energetic, very fun, salsa dancing, you know, just very uh, restless energy. Um. Whereas the other chart we had, a t- which is yours, <laughs> uh, Taurus moon with a Jupiter conjunction um, opposite Pluto. And when I saw that moon opposite Pluto, that can be one of the most challenging relationships with a mother that you could experience. And, um, and that Pluto is in the um, fourth house, which has to relate to home and family. And you know, a lot of people's experience with not only Pluto in the fourth house, but Scorpio on the fourth house can be really traumatic. And so I was, I was just, that's why I was kind of pressing you about all the questions about your home and family and upbringing. And, um, you know, was there trauma or how were you feeling about it? And so, um, because I wasn't hearing that I, I was kind of, hesitant to go with that chart. However, you did have a lot of Capricorn energy and the fact that you said that um, things were relatively easy for you in the work sphere, like you kind of knew what you wanted to do and you went after it and you've been doing that and money has been easy or you're good at budgeting, you know. I wasn't really seeing that in the other chart. So I I think that's kind of why I was sitting on the fence, (laughs) you know. I just needed to like I needed Carly to help me walk me slowly over and hold my hand. Off the ledge. Um, Yeah. Go go there, Sarah. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So what about you, Carly? Oh, God. Well, you know, I am a, a Libra, so it takes me a long time to make a decision. Interestingly, when I first was looking at just the survey prior to coming on, uh, I went down the list and I kind of checked Leo rising, Gemini rising. What am I feeling? More, uh, more were filling that Leo rising chart, the executive chart. So I was, I, I, I came in thinking Leo rising, but then when we had our pre podcast talk with Sarah, um, Sarah actually kind of pulled me over into the Gemini rising chart before we met you just based on the survey. And, and the big thing,
thing was the family life on the survey was rated at like a seven. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a that's a really positive like family life sort of situation. And the Gemini rising chart, which has Venus in the fourth house, does when a mutual reception between Venus and um, Mercury, uh, which is ruling the Venus, points to kind of a positive uh, family upbringing experience. And so I was like, okay, actually, I'm kind of uh, pulled towards the Gemini rising chart now. But then yeah. the more you got to talking, the more um, the answers to your questions. And the really thing that sold it for me was the timing when you said you moved to the UK when you were seven, and then you moved back to Australia when you were 14 that lined up perfectly with a principle known as annual perfections. And it got me really looking at the relationship between the ninth house and the fourth house, the ruler of your fourth house, which is your home, um, being in the ninth house, which is long distance travel, being triggered at that time in your life when you were moving uh, to the UK. I was like, well, here it is. Here's, here's just concrete timing evidence of this is the correct chart. But then, uh, so that 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 timing element was in and then the personality that came across as you were talking, specifically about creativity and your relationship to creativity and things like design and beauty really spoke to that Saturn-Venus conjunction of being, being very, very practical about things like relationships and creativity and fun. Um, and I'm like, this definitely seems like a Venus Saturn conjunction sort of person. And, and yeah, and, you, and then just like, okay, overall sun sign Capricorn versus sun sign Scorpio. Do you seem like a sun sign Capricorn sort of person? Now, Sarah's always saying that the rising sign is almost more interesting mm-hmm. and important to look at instead of the sun sign. So mm-hmm. when you were saying yeah. that the Capricorn was standing out so much, why well, the sun the, sign in this yeah, case and, and yeah, what is and going the on reason, with the rising The sun. reason is because in in this situation, in in uh, Kiersey's chart, we've got a Capricorn stellium. So, I mean, it's like so many planets in, in dragging that down. So it gives so much more focus to that. And not only that, Leo Rising's, their sun is their chart ruler and the sun is in Capricorn. So it's in this situation... It, it, it gives a lot more emphasis on the sun. Yeah. And this is definitely a situation where if, if someone were to be a dabbler in astrology and not necessarily a long-term student of astrology, they would see that Leo uh, rising sign and be like, oh, Leo rising. This is a extroverted, sparkly person. But that's why it's so, so important to look at, okay, the ruler of Leo is the sun. Where is the sun placed? The sun is placed in the sixth house, which is a house of service. It's a very behind the scenes house. I just got through my sixth house year where literally my whole life was behind the scenes. And I I really felt that like being hidden from the public sort of feeling. And I'm, I'm all about supporting other people who are in the public, but I'm behind the scenes uh, sort of vibe to things. And so very behind the scenes, sixth house, and then that Capricorn. So that Capricorn uh, is going to inform how that Leo rising shows up. And it's going to show up in a very Capricornian way. Uh, The astrologer Diana Rose Harper says that you can describe yourself by your ascendant ruler. And then the sign that it's placed is, is like your 
your you are the embodiment of your ascendant ruler doing the service of whatever sign your ascendant ruler is in so like you're the embodiment of the sun doing the service of Saturn. Um, mm. So you're, so if you really kind of think of it that way, like your purpose is to help elevate other people, um, but in a very behind the scenes, Saturnian <clears throat> building the structure and the foundation sort of way. <clears throat> and uh, Kirsty, just out of curiosity, did you find our podcast through the Astrology Human Design Group? Yes, I think that must be it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I was trying to wonder that the other day. <laughs> because I I usually take a look at the both the charts human design. And this time both charts were a projector. And I was like, dang it, because that would have because you right off the bat said you were a coach, and that is a projector in a nutshell. And so I was like, I can't use it then, <laughs> you know, like um to, you know, be a tiebreaker. So, um, mm. but I, I do think that's very interesting. So do you um, relate to being a projector or know much about that? D- definitely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That explains okay. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, well, anyway, did you have any questions for us, Kirsty, about your chart since we, we've got it pulled up? Well, I found that really interesting, like particularly because I've done a few charts with different sites and sometimes it's slightly different and the one that, that you see with the Leo Rising the Leo Rising never resonated with me I really struggled with it but now how you've explained it in terms of um, the sun being in Capricorn that does make a lot of sense um, and in terms of um, I was taking notes there so what you were saying in terms of Pluto in the fourth house and that can sometimes bring challenges in upbringing and probably in hindsight I can look back at things being like on the surface, it looked good in terms of we had a nice house and could go on trips and stuff. But I did struggle with the moves and the unpredictability and just the chaos. But now I'm being outside of home, everything's good. <laughs> you know, I've got a good relationship with adult siblings and a mother that's calmed down. <laughs> yeah, and so, and as as uh, as um, Carly pointed out, like uh, a lot of times Capricorns just you know, like you said, you kind of. Endure. can take to endure a lot you know yeah. and so you that's why i was asking uh, what do your friends and family think of mm. your family situation so i was trying to get some outside perspective you know if you know you're just working on trying to be you know grateful for what you had but was it actually a little bit worse than you were leading on that's what i was trying to get at yeah yeah and it, it was yeah <laughs> it was it was, there was definitely tricky parts like just because of yeah, the nature of a big household and a single parent and that. Um yes, yeah, so that's interesting. Um, in terms of questions, um, God, I don't know. Is there anything else that stood out for you in the well, so we can give you a little advice for what's gonna be happening up in the upcoming oh, year that'd be amazing. of your yeah. life. <laughs> uh, so you are right now in a let me pull up your perfections. Um, right now you're in eleven. 11- an 11th house year. Uh, so since your last birthday, you've been dealing a lot with groups and you've been dealing a lot with um, most of you, you probably been thinking a little bit more about social media and getting yourself out there. Um, and Mercury has been your ruler. So you've been thinking about money. Um, you've been thinking about how you make your money for yourself. Uh, you've been thinking about um, and then how to kind of leverage any groups or associations that you're in uh, for your money and your resources. 
And uh, really probably while this Mercury retrograde has been happening in your money house, you've been kind of rethinking your finances a lot lately. Um, starting in December, when you have your, or January rather, when you have your birthday, you are going to be going into a 12th house year, which is often a very, very challenging uh, year. We go through it every 12 years. Uh, it's the end of your cycle of a cycle of knowledge that you have learned. So it's a good time to reflect back on the last 12 years of your life and what you've learned and how you've leveled up. And maybe if there's any patterns that you're continuing to repeat, what those patterns are. Um, but I do warn people, it tends to be a very difficult year, a year where you're feeling like you're trying so hard, but you're not being able to, to get ahead in the way that you like. Just stick it out, stick out that 12th house year. That's always a little bit of a bummer because then you're going to be in your first house year. And that is where, when you're in your first house year, that's where you're like, the new cycle is beginning. And that's when people start to notice that, that, wow, it is all happening. And, and, uh, but a little warning, you, you do have some actually mitigating circumstances here though. Your 12th house is being ruled by an exalted moon. So you're probably going to be, uh, talking to your mother a lot more or thinking about your mother, um, a lot more and what your mother has brought to you. And you'll probably be engaged in more spiritual, more spirituality, definitely like lean into anything that's uh, spirituality related during your 12th house year. Don't necessarily try to push to get any huge things accomplished during your 12th house year, because you're going to find that things just don't go as planned. You, you'll try to push forward a new project and there will be something that comes along and, and and disrupts it in some way. Um, avoid things like anything that's, um, it's a bad time. Sometimes people get into substance abuse issues during their 12th house year. So be wary of that or be wary of, of dealing with people who have substance abuse issues or self-sabotaging behaviors because those can come up during your 12th house year. But if you lean into just like, this is a time of reflection and rest and uh engaging with spirituality. Uh, it can be a very kind of quiet, introverted time, a peaceful time. And then you'll be able to, you know, start that new thing uh, once your next birthday comes up, which will be your 2024 birth, your 20, no, your 2025 birthday. That's when that new cycle is going to begin and you're going to be on fire. Okay. <laughs> All right, good. I'll just get through the next 12 months. Yeah. Well, enjoy the next three months until I got to get for the next 12 months. <laughs> but interesting, you you will be having these eclipses in your ninth and third house again. So you're going to have a lot of, uh, you know, things related to your siblings will be coming up in the next 18 months and things okay. related to long distance travel. You might not be expecting it, but you might have to travel long distance to deal with your siblings or an issue with your siblings. So right, just okay. make a note about that. Yeah, interesting. Thank you. Now you will be expecting it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I had two sisters that moved to the States um, this year, and they're like, you're going to come to visit? And I'm like, probably not. <laughs> you might have to, though. Well, it depends. <laughs> it might come up where you might have to do it. Yeah. It depends yeah. where in the States. Yeah. <laughs> San Fan in New York. Okay. Very interesting. Fun places to visit. 
Are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up in San Francisco. San Francisco is pretty fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> as long as you don't have a car, don't have, yeah, don't bring your car, don't pay for parking, just public transit yeah. around. Same for New York. But if you're coming to LA, bring two cars. Why not? <laughs> We're all about cars. Actually, I am an LA person. I, I bought an e-bike and so I e-bike everywhere and I do not own a car in LA. Wow. Yeah. And people go, you can do that. And I'm like, yes, you can do that. I commute to work on an e-bike. It's fantastic. And it, save the environment. See, I'm a total yeah. hippie, anti-capitalist, like hippie over here. So every so there's there's about like half your audience is rolling their eyes right now every time I talk. And I'm that's why I don't have a car. I walk in public transport everywhere. Nice. Good. <laughs> Most of our audience is thinking, what are they? Oh, they're thinking, oh, I can see that in her chart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you so, any advice for Kirstie? I'm, I'm curious. Well, I, I've actually just been thinking about your human design. Do you know too much about your human design? I've I've only came across it, I think a year or so ago, and I've been doing my own yeah research in terms of the six free projector, looking at the the channels. Um, but yeah, still it's a rabbit hole, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, did that? So the thing about being a projector is that. It, and so I'm a projector as well. So it kind of, um, you know, I love astrology, but like human design really gave me per permission to be who I am mm. and to really, and, and it gave me a strategy and, and how to just deal with like everyday like decisions and issues. I'm just trying to get your chart here. So yeah. Um, so yeah, you're a projector. And so the big thing about being a projector is you're here to be a coach and a guide to other people. And uh, you projectors are subject subject matter experts. They can really see things at a high level and can have really good recommendations for making systems more efficient. They can see really deeply into the other person. So they can look into another person and see them and say, okay, here's what you need to do to fix your problem or change your life. Um, and that can be a really that's really, really what you're here to do. So, so many projectors end up being coaches in some sort of way The the main catch though, is you have to be invited or recognized or both from that other person. You can't just be going around coaching anybody because it'll be energetically repelling. And mm. so that's the, that is why it's so important for projectors to have awareness around their design. Um, cause they can be so deeply conditioned um, you know, projectors are only make up 20% of the population. So we're so deeply conditioned by what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is like a generator or a manifesting generator. And those types are, you know, it can, they can be a little bit more like assertive. And whereas projectors, we really do new, do need to be, wait to be invited into, um, giving someone advice. And mm. so, um, and the more that you embrace that and lean into that, the more that when you do give advice, it'll be successful. The other person will recognize you. Oh, you're so smart. Like, thank you so much for helping me. And it'll just feel energetically like so good to you. And it will, you know, cause you're just getting more in touch with your authentic authenticity and you'll experience like the, your 
or I will take on this energy of success, you know, whereas if you're just giving people advice and they didn't necessarily ask for it and they don't recognize you as someone who has advice to give it, your energy takes on this, your aura takes on the energy of bitterness where you're like, you know, I can clearly see what they need to do. And I'm so frustrated. They didn't recognize that I'm so smart. And I gave them like this information, you know, and so, um, and even in relationships, it's good to wait for the other person to energetically recognize you and invite you into the relationship. It's it's not necessarily good for a projector to be very assertive. And that probably feels natural to you anyway. You know, you just might feel pressured by society telling you, you know, go after what you want and be assertive and step up. So that's the, that's the main thing about projectors. And it's why I'm always so passionate when I meet a projector you know, to um, enlighten them about their design. If I feel like they're energetically recognizing me, because even <laughs> though I know I need to wait for the invitation, it can still be hard sometimes because <laughs> you just yeah. get so excited. You want to share with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's probably something to bear in mind over the next year when I'm going for that 12th year to it's going to be tricky because I'll be waiting for new invitations as opposed to having my previous employer who was getting the work for me <laughs> I'll just be yeah. sitting and waiting <laughs> yeah and you know and I've like when you're interviewing for jobs or trying to get work it's it can be tricky because you know you do have to in a way put yourself out there or let people know that you exist and what your skills are but doing it in a way that's kind of like detached like hey mm. th this is who I am if you're interested let me know cool you know with rather than coming off as really like um please 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 recognize me you know I can do that look how great I am trying to get that like attention and recognition registers energetically as desperation and it, so it's really why we need to just be kind of like you know not too pushy about what yeah. we can do yeah yeah absolutely and it'll and it yeah and does that feel like natural to you to want to well, yeah definitely even growing up I was always the one that didn't need any positive or negative recognition I was like just if, if I was born in the background that's great whereas I have a sister who yeah wanted more of that sort of um phase and that so I think that's yeah not hard to not try um but then it comes to obviously doing the freelance work trying to make sure I do have the people that are the right fit for me and how to work out how to yeah, yeah. attract them absolutely mm. and awesome. I just uh, pulled up some dates that might be useful for you for uh next year because the eclipses are going to be triggering in your chart um especially because you are in a year a 12th house year that's ruled by the moon so the moon is going to play a huge role in your life next year um so pay I don't know if this is Southern Hemisphere or I, I think the dates might be a little little wobbly because of Australia time. Mm -hmm. But um, March 24th to 25th, like definitely circle that date. You'll, you'll probably notice some things happening around the sibling long distance travel area of your life. Um, the uh, April 8th to 9th. Uh, September 17th to 18th, October 2nd and 3rd, and October 17th. So um, kind of pay attention to those dates because you'll notice some kind of big moves happening uh, related to those areas. Interesting. Thank you. Fascinating. 
Let yeah. us know if those dates turn out, like yeah, in a yeah, year from yeah, now. We'll do. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you're right or town. wrong. <laughs> yes. Right or wrong, we want to know. Yeah, let yeah. us know. Um, and usually at the end of the episode, the regular episode, I like to ask the guest if they have some um, something to share with the audience, just that you've learned throughout life, like just some good advice that you kind of take to heart in general. Um, and we actually haven't had a coach on before, or maybe we have actually. Um, but just some universal good habit or good advice that you think everyone can benefit from in general. Um, does anything come to mind that you've just found is Um, always good advice? I would just say be yourself. Um, don't try and fit into other people. When you be yourself, you invite people come to you. I think moving schools and that, and yeah, I just, I think it was harder growing up if I was trying to be like other people or going to a party that I didn't want to go to. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think the right people are in my life now because I don't find please anyone. Yeah, no people pleasing. Yeah. That's huge. Follow your, is that your gut or your heart or what is it? You're just following yeah, yourself. Yeah. Think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, rather than that mental chatter. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Everything that has ever happened that's been bad, it's because I did something I didn't want to do. And I yeah. <laughs> Because I was trying to please other people. Yeah. Yeah. A disaster. (laughs) Faster. Well, thanks so much for coming back for the extended discussion. Thanks for having me. It was lovely to chat with you guys this morning. Thank you so much. And and thank you, Carly, for all your expertise. And it was so fun. Oh my gosh. This was like the funnest time. Like I wish you had prize money. (laughs) Oh, me too. (laughs) We're, We're working on it. If anybody (laughs) wants to sponsor the show or join the Patreon, it's all in the notes. Yeah. (laughs) But this was like the funnest game show thing I've ever done. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you to our listeners, too. And uh, we'll see you next week. This sign off is very simple. (laughs) 